Hi everyone and welcome to Making Miracles Charities podcast, Baby Loss, Grief and Love. We're the first UK baby loss charity to start a podcast. We're relatable, professional and knowledgeable. Our team is here to aim to support you and the whole family through trauma and baby loss. We have a range of people on our podcast such as healthcare professionals, counsellors, families with lived in experience and much, much more. To take part, please contact me, Kelly at makingmiracles.org.uk. Thank you. Hi everybody and welcome to this week's podcast where we are joined by the lovely Tanya. Um, Tanya is a service user and um, wanted to come on and share her experience with us. So welcome Tanya. Hello. Hello. Um, Did you want to start with your story or was there anything particular you wanted to start with? Um, Yeah, I could start with the story. Um, So back in December 2021 um we surprisingly found out we were pregnant um my cycle had been all all over the place so we never thought it would ever happen again and um so yeah we were very shocked to find out we were pregnant but happy because I've already got a little girl but I'd always wanted a second anyway um so yeah so we were happy about that and then we had our booking in etc I think in January um everything was going okay and then we had our 20-week scan um, where we found, well, we found out we were having a little boy um, and obviously having a girl, it was nice to know I was going to have a boy. Um, and we found out that they, they couldn't really find one of his kidneys, but they said that that's not a problem because people live absolutely fine with just one kidney. Um, you know, if there was something wrong with it, they could obviously take it out or operate, whatever. You know, they weren't they weren't worried at all. Um and then it was in April 2022, sort of towards the end, um, I started to feel like I wasn't feeling him move around that much. Mm. And I was a little bit concerned, but it was around my husband's birthday. So I was a bit like, it's okay, because, you know, we were just busy. We are doing his birthday. It was both our 40th that year. So it was a busy year. Um, and I think after his birthday, he was like, look, you know, ring the hospital. That's what they're there for. So I rang the hospital. And I went in and they listened to baby and they heard his heartbeat. So they were fine. They were like, everything's fine. So the next day I went to work and I was still a little bit unsure. Um, carried on being unconvinced. And then on the Thursday, I remember being in the bath in the evening and nothing like he wasn't moving at all. I was like, this, is, this isn't right. I'm sure the last time I sort of laid in the bath, he was moving around and stuff. So on the Friday morning, I called the hospital again got an appointment for the afternoon to go to the clinic, went to the clinic and they couldn't find his heartbeat. But they said that's normal because they can't, they just listen to the doctor thing. Yeah, they said that's 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 normal. So, so not to worry, but obviously they're going to send me to the hospital for a proper scan. So of course I am worrying, I'm upset, crying, um, phoned my husband and he came straight home and we went to the hospital together. And then... Uh, and then, yeah, so we got to Medway Hospital, went in this little room, tiny room. And, um, yeah, that's where we found out that he had he had died. So uh, that was a shock for both of us. I think we knew, I had a feeling something had happened, something wasn't right. But, um, yeah, to, to hear the words. Gary was standing there, I couldn't see the screen, but... Gary could see the screen and I could see him sort of shaking his head and like he knew 
he knew what they were going to say. Um, so yeah, then it's all just a blur. They get you get taken into the or was it the bluebell suite? You know, someone comes in and sees you and explain what's going to happen. Um, I say about these tablets, you can take a tablet, but because obviously you're in shock, you don't know what to do. Um, in hindsight, we we think we should have just taken a tablet there and then, but we actually went home that day and then went back in the next day and took the tablet and then had to go home again. Obviously, we've had to, oh, Gary broke the news to my daughter, who was six at the time, who was so excited about having a little baby brother or just having a baby sibling. Um, but obviously we knew, you know, that we was having a boy. And, yeah, so the next few days, just a blur, letting everyone know. But we were lucky because everyone was supportive. Um, Gary's mum came straight round. Even one of his friends literally just turned up on the doorstep because he knew that Gary was there supporting me and Eva and and then no one was there for him as such. So he it was really nice for for one of his friends to turn up um, out of the blue. Um, and then on the, I think it was back holiday Monday in May, we went back into the hospital where they, I think, give you another tablet or pessary, whatever it is. I don't really know. can't remember. Um, and to start off the process, the labour process, which seemed to take forever, but I don't know. Maybe it didn't. I, I seemed to, I was definitely there all day. Um, and then... Thomas was born early hours of the next morning. Um, I didn't really know he was coming. <laughs> I, um, Gary said to me, Do you, need to go? you haven't been to the toilet for ages. So I went to go to the toilet and it didn't feel right. I was like, something's not right. And I started, I think I started like screaming or something. I don't know. And then he pulled little press buzzers and stuff. And these midwives came in and um, they were like, yeah, your baby's coming. And we was like, oh my God. So... <laughs> And Thomas was born. So we were very tired. I was very, very high on uh, morphine and paracetamol that I'd had pumped into me. Um, yeah, and obviously after that is uh, when we found Making Miracles. You know, the, the bereavement midwives are really good. Um, they tell us everything and, and tell us about the support that's around and everything. Um, so he was... That was at 20, he's, so Thomas, well, we found out Thomas had died at 26 plus one weeks pregnant. Um, so he was born 26 plus five, I believe. So we were, I say lucky in probably the loosest, fault, but we're lucky that he gets recognised, um, that we have a stillbirth certificate for him. Um, and we got to do everything you do, you know, a funeral, I get that we we agreed we wanted the hospital to arrange all of that. We just told them what we wanted and and they arranged it, arranged the date and everything. Um, again, it's quite a long wait. So he was born on the 3rd of May and the funeral was on the 14th of June. So it was quite a wait, but obviously he had to go out for a post-mortem to London and come back and then, um, yeah, it's just a process, isn't it, I think. <laughs> um so, yeah, uh, just, I think I sort of sat at home just crying and not really moving or knowing what to do, to be honest, for a, definitely a good couple of weeks, um, maybe a few more. 
it sounds like you've blocked quite a bit out when you're yeah. telling the story you're like I think that or I yeah I think it was that amount of time it sounds like obviously that processing for you was really traumatic and difficult yeah it was I mean you, you don't um you hear about these things and mm. you know we didn't we didn't really know know of anybody so you just you just don't ever expect it to happen to you or anyone you know so mm. then for it to happen um it's just a shock it's just yeah it's just horrible it's you know heartbreaking and you just you know and the, I mean he was tiny just so small he was like two pound four I believe he was um and we well you know I held him for a little while and then Gary held him and and then he, they, we laid him on the bed next to us and then obviously they they take him off and they got him dressed for us and put him back in the in the cold cot which is nice to have so we were there we were in the hospital until sort of early evening and it was hard to make a decision as when to go because you you don't want to leave him but also you want to get home obviously we had our daughter at home so you know he Gary was just like I just I just want to get home and see Eva um and also you know people unfortunately that have been there they know that the um, the baby's sort of deteriorating their looks and you could just see them changing and it's it's hard to see and you know so you don't want to you don't want to uh, well we felt we'd had enough time but I feel like I don't I don't look back and regret leaving him then which is important to me yeah. I think because if I look back and regret leaving him so soon then that would probably mess with me a lot more mm. you know I feel like we we had because he was born so early in the morning we did have a good 14 hours or something with him so um it was it was the right time for us to yeah. leave him and having that being that torn I guess between yeah old at home as well who you know yeah so she had spent well. the night obviously with um so my mother-in-law had stayed the night before mm. um so they stayed stayed at our house with Eva so that Eva didn't need to go anywhere else um, she didn't go to school because she didn't want to, but you know, you don't you don't force her to. And she she had the day off afterwards as well because because she just wanted to be with us. So we're like, that's fine. You know, you you can stay with us, but then you need to go back. <laughs> so we did make her go back after. Um, but yeah, we've had a lot of support. I've um, been to a group sort support with Making Miracles, which has been really good. Met some really nice ladies there. Um, our group was quite a small group. But that was quite nice. Everyone, I think we got to know each other quite well. Mm. Um, my daughter had some play therapy through you as well, which really helped her and helped me understand how children digest it and how they work with it and sort of to help her or help her understand. And also the, the therapist that came, she said to me, obviously she's noticed a difference. She did, did the six sessions. And she had noticed a difference and told me how told me how to speak to Eva and just just let her say what she wants and let her feelings out. Mm-hmm. I think that's definitely helped her. She speaks about Thomas a lot, which is really nice. She draws pictures and includes him, family pictures. So yeah, <laughs> that's probably the story. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so hard, isn't it, to when you've got children as well and you've been through what you've been through. And I think with the pregnancy as well. 
like you say, you were totally shocked because mm. your first pregnancy was all fine. Yeah. Every, you don't expect it, do you? You don't expect no. to go into a second pregnancy and have something so awful happen. And then obviously dealing with your daughter at the age she was at as well, she could understand what was going on. Yes. And having to deal with that grief, your own grief, you and your husband's grief together, and then having to manage your daughter's grief as well. So it was really yeah. She got the support she needed too. She did, yeah. And the, the school, um, the school were good as well. They obviously we we told the school and they looked out for her, but they they said that she was okay and she did talk about Thomas at school and still does, I believe. Mm. Um, she spoke to some of her friends in her class and found out that one of her friends has got a little baby sister who's not with us anymore. So. They talk and they find these things out, which is nice, and it's nice for her to know she's mm. got other children to talk to. Yeah, like uh, you guys going to sport group, yeah. having that. Yeah, yeah. You're saying you didn't know anyone before this happened to you that had had been through baby loss. Yeah, then so you to have, you know, your daughter to have someone that understands, so she doesn't feel alone. And then you have the support group and the ladies you've got. Yeah, to- we'd had a friend. You know, we did actually have a, a friend that went for a TFMR, but. You know, I do look at that now and I think I feel a little bit guilty for not maybe being there, but they were, we, we did what we felt we could, but they were a bit different. They didn't really want to talk about their son. Obviously where we, we like to talk, I like, but personally I do like to talk about Thomas a lot. Mm. It, it brings me comfort. We've yeah. got his ashes in one of your bears um, and he's on our bed and that's where he stays. Um, so I just, you know, he's he, we feel like he's with us all the time, yeah. which brings me comfort, brings us both comfort, I think. Gary, uh, he talks to people at work. He's got a couple of friends, well, he's got a couple of closer friends that he speaks to when he needs to speak mm. to people. And we do try and talk a little bit more when we can. But I do sometimes feel that he doesn't open up to me because I think he worries about upsetting me. Yeah. Which is massively common in men. Yeah. And I think it's obviously a bit of a miscommunication as well because a lot of the time, obviously, the ladies would like to hear them open up a little bit and find that common ground and that, you know, there is that closeness and that bond, isn't there, between the two of you who only understand what you've both been through together because you've lost your son. Yeah, he's good. I mean, the one thing he said when we was in the hospital before we had Thomas... Obviously, he had, he had sat and read through the whole book that you get in there from Sands about everything that you can be offered and that. And I think that had probably helped him. Um, he said to us, he said to me, sorry, when you're ready, we can try for number three. Um, so after a, sort of a few months when we felt ready, we did start trying. And then in the uh, beginning of November, we found out we were expecting number three. Um, again mixed emotions Mm. yeah excitement but also scary because you know what you've been through um and then I'd seen you feel you see like all these pregnancy announcements don't you on social media of mainly celebrities and we touched that in 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 the support group where you just think especially like I get there was one recently where someone's like expecting a seventh child you're like does anyone really care? 
does anyone really need to know that celebrities having a seventh baby when you've been through what you've been through just I mean we've not done all that we've not done the whole social media thing we didn't with Thomas um but each you know I'm not saying that that's wrong I'm just saying that's a personal thing yeah individual um, choice isn't it yeah and then but with all the there just seemed to be a lot of announcements when after you after we'd lost Thomas and that but you also then get this feeling of you hope everything's okay because once you've been through baby loss you you know more about it like everyone in our support group had a different story of you know you know TFMR and neonatal and stillbirth it's all, all everyone's story is different so you just hear of all these different things so then of course with our pregnancy we've both been a little bit worried more more me um at different stages and I'm actually 26 weeks tomorrow which is obviously when we found out Thomas died but we know we're having a little girl um which in a way again personal choice is a little bit of comfort knowing that we can't compare this little girl to Thomas as much as we feel we might have done if it was another boy not saying I wouldn't have been happy if it was a boy because we would have been just filled up there's less comparison and also that we can hopefully get through the pregnancy a little bit easier um but Medway Hospital have been really good with our scans and they've concentrated on her kidneys both times showing us that they're both there they're both fine and the arteries leading into the kidneys are as they should be so that was also really good Mm. Um, makes us feel better and we do actually have another scan tomorrow because it's 26 weeks and that's one that we requested so do you feel like you're coping at the moment um at the moment I do um I do I do worry a little bit Mm. um I am also having pregnancy counseling through making miracles which I've had two sessions so far um again the good thing is with those you don't have to have had them six weeks in a row you can have them yeah which is nice and so I've had two and I've got another one nearer to when Thomas's anniversary will be um that's key that's you being able to choose those times because as you say when you do get pregnant following loss each individual has a different story and they have different trigger points and different milestones that they feel they need that support around whether that'll be a scan or whether that'll be a special week with regards to what's happened in the past or whatever you need, that's why it's so important that you choose and you lead on those dates that you get that support. Yeah, it's definitely good to know um, because like, I don't know how I'm going to feel. I didn't know how I was going to feel this week. Um, and I've, I think because I've been feeling her move around a lot, I've felt better because I know that she's she's okay. Um, but but there will be. I, I, don't, I don't know how I'm going to feel around... Thomas's anniversary yeah. obviously I think I will be sad I want to do something on the actual day itself anyway mm. we don't know what yet but I, I want to do something um but yeah it's, it's it's a strange it's a strange thing to go through a pregnancy after loss because you you don't have that same excitement and same same sort of happy thoughts as such you don't have that innocent naivety do you no no, that's exactly. what it is. It bursts the bubble, yeah. bursts yeah. the bubble of reality, and what can, what bad things can happen. So obviously, 
you know, you could because you hear of all of the different things that can happen. Yes. They're always on your mind. Yeah. Um, and then of of course when they start moving, if they then start moving differently, it's like, oh, is that is that normal? Or if they don't move, is that normal? And mm. and then I sort of sit, I have to sit back and think to myself, like I was at work yesterday and I only I only do two two days a week, I'm only part-time. So of course my uh routine is different. So then I know in the back of my mind that you feel you feel baby differently when you're in a different routine. So I need to remember that to stop myself from worrying too much. I think as well, though, you do also need to remember that the staff at the hospital are there to support you through this. And any kind of wobble that you have, just go straight up there. So many people I speak to say, oh, I don't want to be a pain. You know, I don't I don't want to go up there and be an inconvenience. You know, it's quite a British thing, isn't it? To, oh, yeah. oh, we, won't, we won't go and actually ask people to do what their actual jobs are, which is what their jobs are, yeah. to make sure these babies are okay. Um, because we don't want to be, you know, we don't want to be a pain to them. But we're no, not a pain. No. And if you do have a wobble or if you do feel like you're not getting those right feelings, even if you're... Routine is different that day. Still always give yourself that validation and that allowance that it's okay for me to go and get checked because what you've been through is going to, you know, you're going to be oversensitized to everything now. Yeah. You're, you're so aware now, whereas before you were in that little naive bubble, as we say, you're now the other extreme. Yes. So you need to understand yeah. that and allow yourself that this is completely normal you may think you're being a bit over the top or I'm worrying too much or whatever, but that doesn't actually matter. No. <laughs> and that's you, exactly what the midwife said that I saw yeah. last week. She said the same thing. You have any th- any issues, just call us or call yeah. us. And I, I would honestly, I would honestly give yourself permission, not even calling a midwife. I would go straight to hospital and get checked. If I was sat in your shoes, walking through the pathway you're on, with what's happened to you all that matters is at the moment is you and keeping yourself safe and obviously baby yeah. so if that means that you're going to go and sit up the hospital and wait for them to scan you just to have that peace of mind I 100% would advise it yeah because that's for you and that's what you need to do but it's, it's about allowing yourself permission to do that and putting yourself first which we're not good at no <laughs> but you have to okay. you have to look after yourself and yeah you know your your own mental well-being this is all connected now you know with what you've been through and the grief and the trauma and you've got to put yourself first don't be yeah. thinking oh I won't go or oh, I'll ring them tomorrow or you know yeah. don't, don't put that on you you don't need that extra weight on your shoulders for all that extra time you know what's right for you yeah so anyone listening, you know, who's sit, sitting in your place now and, oh, I probably shouldn't do that. Absolutely, 100%. Those staff in that hospital would rather you do that and check everything's okay and give you that peace of mind than you not and you put yourself through all that extra torture. Yeah, it's definitely true. And oh, and and I will. Obviously, I've got the scan tomorrow, which will be yeah, really nice. Yeah. I think that's good for us both to know that we've got that there. Yeah. And then, when you um, spoke about the kidneys, obviously you yeah. mentioned earlier on that they, they'd only picked up on one with him. Is mm-hmm. that what came back as partly why he passed away? Or So the the official post-mortem is inconclusive. They can't tell right. us 
why Thomas passed away. Um, but they, but both his, it turns out both his kidneys were smaller than they should be, and the adrenal glands were enlarged. Okay. So he did have issues, um, and both sonographers that I've that I've seen seem to think that that's probably why he passed. Right. And we feel the same um, because that was the only thing that was wrong with him. So we do feel. But I know that when it comes to post-mortems and stuff, they can't always give you a give you a definite. Yeah. And that's difficult, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is difficult. Um, but they've done genetics testing. Again, they they said they were going to do that after Thomas uh, after Thomas died, and they said that they it takes such a long time. It's such a a long thing. But as soon as I found out I was pregnant, I had to let the bereavement midwife know, and then they push it through so we've had all of that and that's all come back okay so Gary and I are both fine we had a scan on our kidneys which were fine and blood tests and stuff and you know nothing came back and it's it's good to know that they do 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 it they push it through once you're you know when you're when you're expecting again Mm. which are in my in my support group there's one other girl that turns out she she's pregnant as well it's about 10 weeks between us so it's quite nice because we've we can talk to each other as well. Yeah. Which again is something, it. you know, through through you guys, which was which was nice. You know, you have your feelings of guilt as well, which I know I'm working on. <laughs> um just the the guilt that, that Thomas isn't here and that this baby will be. But then I also like to think that Thomas is looking after this baby and making sure that she's safe and that she's gonna come out safe and happy and well. That's something else as well, though, isn't it? When you when you lose a baby, you feel guilty for extending your family further. Yeah. But you've already got your daughter this side of yeah. life. Yeah. I bet you don't feel guilty on her for extending your family. No. Further. No. So what's the difference there? Yeah, I know it's 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 difficult, and and obviously out of the words of mouths of children, they just say things. I've said to the midwife last week about the same thing about you know being 26 weeks this week and the kidneys etc and she was like but mummy baby's kidneys are fine so you've got nothing to worry about have you she's going to be absolutely fine and that's out of a seven-year-old's mouth um she just the midwife was like you said you you know that was really good words of advice to mummy (laughs) which was really sweet and Obviously, again, she's very excited. A couple of times she did say nearer to the beginning of the pregnant, like, well, after she found out, obviously. A um, couple of times she was like, oh, what if, what if this one dies? So, again, we were like, well, the chances are slim. It's very unlikely that she she will and she'll, she'll come, she'll be fine. So she, at the time, we didn't know she was a girl, but, yeah. But it's, it's, it is funny how they think as well. But try not to focus on the guilt around yeah. being pregnant again on Thomas. Yeah. Because if Thomas was here, you wouldn't even contemplate that guilt. No, no, this is true. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. any child like Ava would be happy and excited and so would Thomas be if Thomas was here. So there's no reason to feel guilt. No. But I understand that this is something that goes on and it's natural and so many people have that guilt. But... Sometimes I just think thinking of it in that way can sometimes help. 
yes yeah alleviate some of that that Mm. way that you're feeling because it is different I know it's different but you're just extending your family and he's part of your family isn't he he is he always will be exactly Um, we we think about him every day we you know I talk about him quite a lot um and we're we're, you know we've I hear of some families that don't really have much support from friends and family and we're lucky because we do and they do talk about Thomas and they think about Thomas and it's nice it's nice to know that he's on other people's minds Uh, especially when you know we have his anniversary coming up Mm. at at the beginning of May so it's quite close now um and we do we do have that that support which is nice yeah and it's you know it's nice that you want to do something on that day and even though you're not sure what yet the right thing will come to you because it always does and often I mean I've said this on probably a thousand podcasts but often the anniversary is it's more scary leading up to it than actually on the day on the mm. day you actually feel quite oh it's here it's here yeah we're in the moment we're thinking about him we're celebrating him we're comforting each other through this and whatever you decide to do I'm sure will be beautiful and fitting mm. for him you know because only you know what you want to do yeah I mean, on his due date last year we went to the beach the due date was the 4th of August um but we've the, the main anniversary for us is going to be the 3rd of May, the day that he was born, um, born still. So, but that, you know, both, and I've spoken to the school as well and said that I want to take Eva out for the day because I think it's important that she's with us. I think she'd probably be quite upset <laughs> if she knew that we'd done something without her. So I think it's important. It's only one day. So I think we're going to take her out as well and do something nice. Yeah, lovely. But, Depends on the weather, but hopefully it'll be nice. <laughs> and we've always got the gardens. We've got a little plaque up there, or spits, you know, the slate up there. And we we went up there a couple of months ago, actually. Well, actually, a month ago, around my birthday this year, we did that. And we do like going up, up to the garden. It's lovely up there. Good. Good. Well, it's lovely to hear that, you know, all the services are being of help to you guys, um, whether that be to your daughter or to you or for the whole family at the garden and the bear and everything it's lovely that yeah. you know you're getting comfort from those things that we provide yeah it's very this we're just very grateful you know mate um nice to have a, a local charity as well it's nice and and everything that we know it's just like that we can contact somebody and somebody gets back to you practically straight away mm. you know making miracles do do a really good job for everybody which is lovely <laughs> thank you and you volunteered for us as well haven't you I did yes I volunteered at Dickens yeah. which was really cold <laughs> <laughs> always is sad doing that yeah. December December month <laughs> yeah I think it literally just turned as well it just got really cold and I think about a week before that is when I found out I was pregnant I was really really early days pregnant but managed the whole day and it was it was good fun to be honest. It, seeing that the way people are touched by what making miracles do, and I remember there was one lady. She was like, "Right, I'm going to buy more because she wanted to just give more money," which was really lovely. It was a good day. It was a good day. Cold but good. Yeah. And, uh, Thank I you for doing that as well. That is right. appreciated. No problem. I'll do it again if I can. So. <laughs> 
oh let's let's get the baby here first yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then we can talk about other opportunities or yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay well thank you so much for sharing and thank you for having me it's nice no to problem. hope that I can help someone out there and it's yeah. just the thing that people go through it on a daily basis yeah it is and you never forget you never will do and your life does change but they're they're always on your mind and you do move on to what you say is your new normal it's not one that's wanted or welcomed but it's one that we find yeah it's a tough one but thank you so much and obviously we wish you all the best with your new little girl on route thank you and keep us posted but if anyone's been touched by anything today uh, and wants to get in touch with me or I can pass on messages or if you'd like to come on and talk to us about your experience please do email me as always the email is kelly at makingmiracles.org.uk